This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials, including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street, West London, Docklands, East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Intercepted by Dwight, Dwight Gale, running forward now. Takes a shot from the edge of the area. Great shot, great save. Told you we could hit him, man. Chris, you mentioned to me earlier about the speed of his shot. And it's a shot from Dobby. It goes high and wide, but that shot from Dwight Gale really did trouble the goalkeeper. Live interviews. To be fair, we, we were scratching around trying to find somewhere else to go and there was a cafe open so we just thought, oh, I thought that we'll go in and have a cafe, like a breakfast, you know, there's people walking to work and we're just still coming in and our dancing gear and whatnot, but it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny to be fair, we all sat there having eggs, eggs benedict and chips and a cup of tea, there was no alcohol drunk, that was the stupid thing, you know, talking about us celebrating, we're all having cups of tea. Expert analysis. It's a, it's a free kick to Palace on the edge of the box. It was a trialist orange boots who, who was tripped on the edge of the box. Um, <laughs> trialist orange boots? Yeah, we're going to call him trialist. Like, trialist is his first name and or- orange boots is like a double-barreled surname. Sam's Dutch. Well, most of the time anyway. Homestale Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Homestale Radio. My name's Chris Hambling, and I'm here to take you through our review of the week in which Palace returned to the Premier League after an eight-year absence. Joining me for the show tonight are Aaron Mitchell. 
Hello. Nick Gillard. Hi. And Albert Curley. All right. <laughs> yes. Palace started with a very positive display, but ultimately fell to a 1-0 defeat at the hands of a stuttering Spurs side. We'll give you our, all our reaction to that game, and we'll take a look through your thoughts too. We'll be joined by a Stoke City fan to look ahead to next Saturday's trip to Mark Hughes' new side. We'll round up as much of your communication as possible. To contact the show today, you can send us a tweet to at HOLradio. You can message us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash HOLradio. Email us on radio at homestale.net or you can give us a call on our brand new phone number 02 <laughs> 0208-1234-098. So new I nearly forgot it. Um, I'd also like to thank our show sponsor, CompleteScience.co.uk, for stepping forward to help us bring you the best show possible. We hope our listeners will do their best to spread the word about these wonderful people. We'll be talking about that Spurs game in just a moment, but first up, here's the news and brief that Nick ruined. The latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brave. The club are delighted to announce a prestigious international friendly at Selhurst Park as we welcome the Oman full national team to the stadium for the first time on Tuesday the 10th of September. Kick-off at 7.45pm. This fixture will see Ian Holloway's side take on a national side managed by former Harry Saint-Germain and Rangers boss Paul Le Guin. Uh, who is set to include Wigan goalkeeper Ali Al-Habzi as captain. Crystal Palace are pleased to announce the signing of goalkeeper Neil Alexander on a free transfer. The veteran stopper has penned a one-year deal at Sellers Park to provide experienced competition to current number one Julian Speroni. The club have confirmed that 1-2-Bet have signed a one-year deal to become the Eagles' new stadium sponsors and official betting partner. Groundbreaking deal for the club... Uh, hmm. With the Isle of Man-based bookmaker, uh, is for an undisclosed fee. It's the first time a betting slash gaming company has signed a stadium sponsorship deal in the UK. Crystal Palace are pleased to confirm the signing of French defender Florian Morange on a free transfer. I think it's a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Subject to FA and Premier League approval, first start 27-year-old who can play at left back or centre half, put pen to paper on a one-year deal with a club. Do you mean, Nick? Yes, thank you very much for scrolling down for me. (laughs) (laughs) Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. Okay, the little ad after the news in brief was quiet there, so we just started talking. So let's pretend that didn't happen. Um, Nick, you, um, your first thing that you've done this on the show this season was to ruin news in brief, wasn't it? I am Premier League, really, aren't I? Yep, yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Last week was full of some hilarious mistakes. I'm sure it'll happen again this week. Anyway, um, obviously, first port call is that Spurs game, and um, and that will be dominating... Um, yeah, dominating the show today um, one thing I didn't mention in terms of uh, ways of getting in touch with the show Nick is currently in the Homesdale chat room It's if you just go to holradio.net forward slash chat um, you can, can visit um, hopefully there's a few people in there and we'll try and get some live reaction in there as well as on Twitter and on Facebook and by email uh, obviously there's a lot of different ways of contacting us and uh, I'll try and remind you of those as we go through the show. Uh, anything we don't talk about, anything you want to want to hear our opinions on or give your own opinion on uh, about the Spurs game, do get in touch. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so first up, obviously, it, it, it was an opening day defeat. We're, um, I think, I you know, put a lot of people quite negative before the game, just looking forward to the the occasion more than anything, getting back, getting football underway. But um, I think certainly Ian Holloway talked about um, the team maybe coming out of that game and realising that they are able to compete. And I think a lot of fans will realise the same. But um, talking of fans, I think the first thing we want to talk about was the atmosphere that the HF display, the general changes at, at the ground and the general ambience of the whole thing. I say ambience in a really poncy way. I can only apologise. <laughs> ambience. That's Fuck better. ambulance. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, Nick, I'm going to start with you because I, I know it's something you wanted to talk about. Uh, your feelings on walking into that sta- the stadium and, and seeing what, certainly the, your reaction to the changes, but then seeing that, seeing it full really and, and seeing and getting that atmosphere. It was. I'm going. To, I'm going to go back a bit further than that. Is sort of waking up yesterday morning. It, it felt like we were playing in a different league, and I, sort of anticipation. I, I think the kids were more excited than me about the coming season because they're mm. going to get to see the top players. Myself, you know, I'm, I'm a cynic anyway. So to get to the ground, nice new signage outside. Um, first thing I noticed bought me program of John the program seller as usual. Hello, John. I know you listen. Um, no, it's had a spine on it. And I thought, oh, this is posh. And Palace <laughs> kind of looks a bit more voguish on the cover. And mm. um, you get into the ground, and it's just too red. That one-two bet or twelve bet or whatever they're called. Um, the, the the ground just looked too red. It was nice to see bits bits painted and that huge country, and it just felt a bit. I don't know. It, you you know we've gone global, and and mm. the other difference. Just going on on match of the day. I don't know if we'll talk about this later, but we've gone from being a, a show that's presented by people who stand at a breakfast bar to ones <laughs> that lounge around in an open shirt and uh, jacket on around a coffee table talking about us. That, a bit like this show as well. Yeah, so I've actually I've actually <laughs> yeah. got an open neck shirt and jacket on because we are Premier League. <laughs> and nothing else. I won't tell you how I'm dressed. Um, now, look, I mean, you, you said a lot of stuff there, Nick. Um, not all of it was interesting, but. Um, I'm sorry, Thanks. sorry, my my off air persona got on air for a second there. I've been very grumpy. <laughs> all right, I'll take it all back. No, one of the things you mentioned there, mate, you um, you're complaining that the stadium is too red. Um, the, the, the twelve. I know you mean. Red. So um, obviously, this is one thing that uh, obviously we talked about last week and what was potentially going to happen. And obviously, we've we've now seen that come into play. You talked about it in news in brief that that one two bet have come in and, and sponsored the stadium. It's um, I can see exactly what what Steve Parrish was talking about when he when he wanted the the stadium in a one uniform colour, you know, be it red or be it blue. Um I don't really have any strong preference and anything that benefits the club financially I'm happy with. And and I to be honest with you, you know, I I was a lot less uncomfortable with it than I than I thought I would be. So I, I you know, I don't I don't want to dwell on that. I I think there's so much more to um to talk about and Nick you've got a bit of reaction in the chat room though yeah Ben in 17 uh, says he thinks it looks brilliant a lot smarter that's, that's Ben Nagel by the way yeah and uh, Phil lose first time in the chat room so welcome Phil F-I-L Phil he covered up the rough bits he's pretty happy overall we couldn't have got it much smarter in the time around mm. and Robert CPFC said the grunt looked good anyway but that's the joy of typing quickly hello mm. Robert um, um, yeah, I mean, I'll get I'll get used to it, Chris. You know, it's, yeah. it's it, we've we've gone from being a, a ground where we advertise Andrew Copeland, the solicitors, Lapwing, and a few sign right. Do you know what I mean? We've gone from being a local South London Championship club to this global 
sudden entity. Mm. And uh, I, I know we want to move on to the Homesdale display. And I think yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've got to do more of that. We've got to do more of that to, to keep the focus on the fans and the team and just not the advertising. Because football, at the end of the day, is just about supporting your local team and watching blokes kick a bag of wind about. It's not about <laughs> visits to the Serengeti. Do you know what I mean? And we need, if we can, as a support, get that whole end of the homestay. You know, hopefully, I'm hoping more and more people migrate mm. there, really, because it'll right, be then. like the curve of stood. You've blabbered on for long enough, Albert. Let's bring you Thank in. Thank you. Just wondering, do you think the HF could knock up a sign to cover up the old sign outside the stadium that hasn't actually been covered up by the new sign? It's about three foot <laughs> too short all the way around. Yeah, listen, I. I think I think you're going to spot things. There's a lot of stuff. I, I don't want to be in any way negative about the stadium, so I think I'm going to gloss gloss over it quite nicely. But I will mention certain. A bit, things. A bit of gloss would have done it. A bit of gloss would have done it. Yeah, quite <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a lot that that had to happen in a very short space of time, as Nick has, has, has sort of intimated as, as as well as yourself, Al. But but like, obviously. The, the, I don't know if any of you saw the, the situation that uh, was really unfortunate situation that happened with, with a disabled uh, area, disabled fans area, where the TV studio, studio uh, turned up quite late, um, quite late in the day. It was only a couple of days before it was due to be sort of in place, and it ended up being significantly taller than it was supposed to be, and it actually mm-hmm. blocked um, blocked a lot of the disabled fans' view of, of the pitch. It was. Quite, uh, quite distressing. Um, they were all told in advance. Uh, um, the club was sort of trying at the best to come up with some sort of a, a way of reacting, and um, so that's unfortunate. That's sort of like the, the kind of untold um, angle, if you like, of what of all these changes that you're forced to make as a Premier Premier League club. Um, I'm also going to very quickly. I know Nick wants to speak, but he's going to have to wait. Um, basically, th- there was also the situation with the. Um, the gantry that's gone in, it's now the full length of the Arthur. From my seat in the Arthur, you know, far inside of the pitch, people and, you know, players are missing heads. But I could see the game, I won't even know it. In five games, it'll be, you know, I won't even know any different, to be honest with you. So there's a lot of changes, there's a lot of stuff that's gone in, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really positive things. Like what I've just mentioned are the negatives. The positive things, I didn't get to, ch- to try the catering because of the, the um, influx of new people into the ground which is another massive positive but i'm told that it was you know it was so much better you can you know you can genuinely eat and have a good reasonably priced meal at the club and i think that's something that they they were really really keen on doing um and just generally the this sort of upkeep and the 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 number of staff available all that sort of stuff all around the ground they've just done so much in such a short space of time Uh, aaron i think it's been a a tremendous (laughs) effort actually by by the club to get the, the stadium in a, a relatively better condition than what it was. I mean, I haven't been up there in quite a while now, but I'm genuinely looking forward to going back and being able to see, you know, a ground that's been given a lick of paint because let's be honest, it needed it. Um, you know, if from the new seats in the main stand, you got the upgrade seats in the uh, dugouts, blah blah blah. You know, seeing it being back at home, watching it with my family, seeing it on a on the on the TV screen in HD, it actually genuinely looked like a, a nice nicer outfit. Mm. And, you know, it, it kind yeah. of brought it up to a more high level, which we needed it to make it look more appealing to fans yeah. and away I'm, fans as well. I'm just going to stop you there, Aaron. Don't ever say H on my radio show ever again. Just that's all I'm saying. It's an H. Oh. Uh, Nick. <laughs> what, were you bringing me in as a teacher to... Um, I would. To, uh, you can do if you want. Or, I mean... Uh, <laughs> or, no, I had a brand new seat. It was great. Mm. But everybody around me moaned. 
Um, yeah, I noticed something. There were some interesting and pictures. Yeah, like, go on, yeah, yeah. I mean, some, again, it seems there was different experiences. Certain people in certain rows said they had significantly less legroom than the row in front. But you just wonder if you know that was always the case. And look, at the end of the day, so much work has gone on so quickly that there's going to be issues. And I'm, the thing that people need to remember uh, is that the club um, will listen and they will sort it out. It's not like years gone by where you'd you'd make you know make the club aware of your problem and never hear anything back mm. you know what our owners are like you can contact them pretty much any time of the day on one of the message boards or on twitter or what they'll listen to you and they will get it sorted and they will you know they're on your side as a supporter so look we we got dragged away from the positivity and i'm you know i'm quite quite annoyed about that so let's bring it back we had a display put on by the hf um that was just the planning that must have taken the effort and top personal time that must have taken is just absolutely unbelievable. And the reaction in, in the, the written press and in the TV, you know, on the TV and just the, the support you could see it even on Twitter. I'm just on your timeline. You can see people who are just, I got someone retweeted a, a footballer who plays in South Africa. who was just absolutely raving about the palace fans and I couldn't believe that they, we were singing so loud when we were one nil down and all this sort of stuff. And, We've got to keep that going. That's got to be... I had so many worries about the the, the Premier League plastics, if you like, of the people who suddenly <coughs> suddenly found the money to turn up. And You know, I, I'm really happy, obviously, the club gets the money, but I have my con- concerns about what kind of an atmosphere it would bring and what, how they would behave in the, in the ground. It's been, you know, for some of them, you can see by the shirts they've turned up in. It's been a long time since they've been. And did you, um, did you feel a little bit though, Chris, when when you were sat in your your usual seat and you walked straight mm. to it and you saw so many people looking at their tickets? And that's the first game of the season, but obviously you haven't been there for years. And didn't you just get that sense of where were you at that rubbish game against yeah, we, Barnsley? We all, we all did. We, everyone was absolutely loving loving the game, and it was a great atmosphere going on. But just every yeah. now and then, you, you're absolutely right. At the start of the game, I had that exact situation. See, I'm used to going up to the to where I to where I sit at the back of Block W, and just you know, we we've all got you know a big group of us who've got seats up there. We don't go to our specific seat; we just congregate in that area. You know, I might be standing in one mate seat one week, and another mate seat the other week, and then you know, a couple of handful of people come up, and a handful of people come up, and they just it just kind of you know, you got someone sitting down in the middle of a group of people standing, and all that sort of stuff. So it's all a bit weird; it's all a bit new, but. That's to be expected. We, we're a Premier League club now. Albert, heard you mutter something. I'm just calling you a hussy because you said you were sitting in other people's seats from week to week. <laughs> <laughs> Miss yeah, you. Like yeah, I am. Seat. Uh, whilst, seat. Whilst talking about, did anybody have any um, sit down, standing up rows, or not personally, but witness any? There was a lot of that in Block E. Um, oh, was there? Yeah, plenty of. Um, that. Again, it's gonna it's gonna happen, isn't it? Um, I didn't see anything fortunate at the back of, well, I'd say quite a large percentage of the Arthur stood. Um, and that, I'd say, more than more than last season by quite some considerable distance. It used to be about five or six rows of us. And then, mm. you know, we had, we had we just, you know, there was sort of, sort of 20, 25 rows in front all standing. And um, it does help an atmosphere. Nick? Yeah, Phil says that um, he wish we'd sing louder in the main stand, but uh, he's worried that most people's teeth will fall out. That's good. <laughs> in in the family bit of the main stand, um, Will, my son, said I only saw half the game today, Dad, because everybody was standing up and sitting down. I said, well, look, you can stand on your seat if you want. He said, but it's new. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get it ground in. 
he'll be all right. But yeah, it, it is a better atmosphere, and you know, I, I don't really begrudge the, the people who've turned up again because you know it's a premier premier product. And when we come onto the game, I'm sure we'll talk oh. about how much better the, the quality of football was on offer. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I just, it's the word "product" slightly distressed me, but um, like use the right well, word to use. One two bet. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The product. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, again, you saw how you view it, isn't it? I, it's a bit cynical. I try and, you know, just try and view it the way I've always viewed it, and I'm going to go and watch a football match and not worry about I'm not a customer, I'm a supporter, all that sort of stuff. But everyone's different, aren't they? So listen, we've we've talked, and slightly, I'm surprised at the sort of negativity of it. We've talked about the the changes at Selhurst. Um, I think we're gonna. I think probably we we'll all agree that it'll take a while to get used to the influx of new supporters more than anything. But I, I think there's still quite a lot of work to do. And there's a good couple of weeks before the Sunderland game for them, for the club to do the rest of it. So I think well, it, it'll be a be work in progress for some time. And, I, you know, there's, there's loads to do and they've done so much. But um, I think ultimately when you've got a sold out stadium for the first time in a long time and to, to, for it to go the way it did, you just you just got to hold your hands up and say it was it was a good effort in the time that we had. And brilliant. Yeah. Um, and we've had less time than everybody else because of the playoffs. You know, yeah, you lose three indeed. weeks. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the game now, Aaron. You were you were our TV representative, weren't you? I was indeed. Yes. Uh, but uh, obviously, Albert, Nick, and myself were there. So hopefully, we're going to get your you get a very different. Some might see clearer picture of how things went by watching mm. watching it on TV. Uh, so you'll be giving us that side of things, and, and we'll try and talk to you best you about how how we saw it. Now. Um, I think obviously the the place to start, other than to say that yes, we did lose the game, and it was it was to a penalty, and yes, it was a penalty. Um, we'll talk about our feelings individually on that a little bit later on. Um, but the lineup is the place that we're going to start, and um, well, I think I've talked in 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 the shows gone by. I didn't want to start, and I, again, no, I'll say in a minute. I didn't want to start a Premier League season with. Aaron Wilbraham as our as our striker as our main sort of focal point of our attack, if you like. Okay, I had serious reservations about that. Now I'm going to stop there immediately with negativity and say, first of all, for 20, 25 minutes that first half, he looked a different player to me. So much mm. so that we were calling him Gareth Bailbraham for a while. And um, <laughs> that works. <laughs> it nearly works. But, um, not Wilbraham. But no, um, not quite that good. No, 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 not quite that good. Uh, but I just felt I, I felt he was leading the line well. He was winning headers. He was linking up play. But I think as as play went on, his you know his effort stayed uh, absolutely hundred percent. His dedication to chasing lost causes was fantastic. But ultimately, I feel, and I might be being harsh, and people are more than welcome to tell me I am. But I feel his limitations as a footballer ultimately did cost us. And I thought you saw you saw that when Chimat came on and played that role. Mm with so much more class and ability. Uh, I'll start with you, Aaron. Um, Wilbraham, what were your general thoughts on him? I think he was gi- he was clearly given a job to do. He was playing up front, he had Gale behind him. And he's clearly given a job. He get the ball up to him, he takes it down, and he lays it off. Which I think he actually did really well. I was quite impressed with him, especially in the first half. He was running around, getting in the challenges, getting in the other players' faces. I think he's got a cracking first touch, and he opened up space uh, on very good occasions. But I think, as you said, as the game wore on, before Shamak came on, his lack of quality did start to show. You know, uh, I think his fitness is slightly off because he was tiring a bit. But you saw that yeah, the Tottenham defenders began to realise how he plays and were easily able to shut him out, which is why I yeah, think that change he, was yeah, needed. He, but 
He, he did point. well, and I was impressed with his header as well. I mean, that was a fantastic effort. Either side of the keeper, and it was going in. Yeah, no, I think you raised an interesting point in that, that Tottenham maybe worked him out. I, I think basically you they you just drop off him a little bit, and he's got no pace to get around you. And it was, I think no. that that, that tell there were a few balls, um, yeah, where it came through where he could not get to it, no pace. Yeah. At least you saw a bit of that with um with Phillips later on, although he looked a little bit sharper than Wilbraham. Um, um, Albert, general thought. I mean, obviously. Yeah, Aaron's given us sort of a, a similar view to myself. Uh, anything you wanted to add before we talk about why why he might have been picked? Well, I, I was a big a big defender of Wilbraham in the especially in the playoffs. I thought you know he he did a fantastic job. He did everything but score. You know we won't yeah absolutely playoff yeah. final. And I think yesterday, well, for, you know the, maybe the first half an hour yesterday, he was he was having a similar effect, but he had nobody. It was a classic case of no, nobody was near him. You know, considering we had three people playing essentially very narrow behind him, you know, Gale, Dobby and uh, sort of Garvin, like n- nobody was really getting near him, to be honest. And, mm. you know, it's all, if he wins the header, he's done his job. It's for other people to get on the end of it. And if no one's doing that, yeah, it looks like, it looks like he's wasted possession. Um, yeah, yeah, but I certainly agree with you that he did fade, um, but yeah. he wasn't as bad as certainly the people sitting around me were making out. Yeah, he, he does. He does. He is very much the, the sort of whipping boy, if you like. When there's a when there's a problem, and I, you know, to an extent, I've contributed to that in the show. Uh, I'm going to use uh, Nick in a minute to take so, take us on talking about something that you that you mentioned. So bear, bear with me, Nick. Um, yeah. Just the last little bit on on just Wilbraham on his own. Um, you met, you mentioned that you know he did his job and it, he was isolated. Um, but let, I want to talk a little bit about why he was picked. Now, my, my theory is simply that we've known about. The fact we're playing Tottenham for quite some time now, um, the game plan within training would have been worked on for perhaps the last maybe two, maybe even longer, maybe three weeks. Because, you, you know, you, that game's coming up, you, you can prepare for it. And we've seen Wilbraham start in pre-season because we haven't had any options. So although Chumat came on, and I think a lot of people were saying, well, you saw how he played, why the hell didn't you start with him, Holloway, what are you playing at, blah, 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 blah. But I think it's fairly obvious that we had a very specific game plan to, to yeah. deal with Spurs. Do you think that's a fair comment, Albert? Yeah, I think that's fair and probably fitness comes into it. You know, Shamak has sort of been on the fringes at Arsenal and not been getting pre-season games there so he's just probably not up to speed, you know, mm. as much as Wilbraham might be. Not that that's yeah. a lot of speed but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, if, if, if Shamak had signed five, seven days earlier, you know, he, he might have started. You never know. Yeah, no, I think that, that's, yeah, very fair and, Again, I, I, yeah, I couldn't really think about the fitness issue. There was also whispers that Shamak had had some sort of a virus or something like that that completely slipped my mind until you mentioned it there. So I think, in, all in all, you can kind of understand the, the decision that was made, um, even though it did appear a little bit frustrating um, when you saw the quality of Shamak. Now, Nick, you're going to help me um, move this on to Gale a bit. Um, Wilbraham, it was mentioned by Albert, and I completely agree, that Wilbraham often didn't have anyone to pass to. Uh, what were your thoughts on how, why that was? Well, there was there was there was Howard Gale. He, I, I wasn't really sure where he was playing. He, he seemed to be playing out wide rather than just dropping off of uh, Wilbraham. I mean, to, to be fair to to the Palace strikers, um, you've you've got possibly one of the best free centre centre back pairings in the division there. Yes. You know, so it's, it's not going to be easy. So you, you you've got to take that into account. But yeah, he was. He, he just didn't have anybody. So Gale really didn't fill his role. And Holloway mentioned in the um, press conference that we weren't really pushing up. I, I felt it wasn't until we were a goal down that we, we had to push forward. And towards the end of the game, a bit 
you know, we, think... we had a lot of chances at the end of the game. Yeah. And I know you're going to talk about the triple substitution later, but mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. seem to have a bit more urgency. Uh, on the whole game plan thing, I know you've got to have a game plan to, yep. to combat Tottenham, but you, you go back to the old teams and the, and the old managed, successful managers were the ones like Clough and Paisley who just tell their players, go out and play. And see, the yeah, players... There's a, a lot of talk around the ground about this, and I've seen it on message, message boards as well, where um, Ian Holloway felt that the team, they almost don't quite buy into his positivity. And I think he's trying to, I think he showed in the, I think if, if you like maybe the playoffs, he was able to show the team, look, I can, I can set you up in a certain way. I can get you to win games in a certain way. I would rather win games, you know, I'm talking as him, he would rather win games, um, playing flowing attacking football one touch just going at teams not settling for one goal just pushing for the next goal and then pushing for the next goal that's how he wants to play but he's shown that he's got a club maybe that that was set up to play counter-attacking football and he's he's basically saying look i can do that and we we can be okay but we we're not really going to trouble the top teams if we stayed we stay that way and and i think i think we had a bit of that i think i think uh go on aaron yeah, I was just going to touch on a point where you think that, that our players don't quite buy into his positivity. When you look at Holloway's time when he was at Blackpool in the Premier League, mm-hmm. the amount of games where I watched him and they were playing free-flowing football, it was constant attack, attack, let's go at them, go out there and do our stuff. Here it's a much more, well, looking from the Tottenham game, I know it's only the first game cliche, but it was definitely, as we said, a counter-attacking approach to the game and a much more set back and build and try and hit them on the break rather than yeah. go out there and play the free-flowing football, which we saw at Blackpool. It's true, but we but we did play some nice stuff. Nick picked up on it yeah. when, when we made that substitution, and we'll come back to that in a sec. And it, it was absolutely... We, we did show... We showed that we've got it. We've showed that we can compete. Yeah, yeah. Um, but taking you back, take, taking back, ugh, us back to Gale, Nick, um, spent quite a lot of time in central midfield and then sort of drifting around. Um, how did you see that? I mean, did you... Effectively, he's out being played out of position. You think that's wise this early part of his career? Not really, no. Because if if you if Holloway is going to say that there is a, a game plan and you must do this, he, you know, did he have the free flowing role at Peterborough? I'm not sure if he did. No, um, I mean he was he, an out and out striker. He didn't know where he was going to. Didn't really know where he was going to be, and he mm. he looked more effective if he played in front of Wilbraham because quite a few times Wilbraham flicked the ball on rather than back. Because the balls in were just that little bit too high, and you know, people have uh, likened uh, Gale to AJ in, in the fact that he's small, tenacious, and quick. Mm-hmm. So he should be running onto balls that are flicked on, not not yeah. receiving balls. See, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I, and I was feel, I was felt that way during the game. Um, I've kind of, but I think well, I've got now my colours to the mask. First of all, I think Gale is a terrific player. I really do. I, I I'm not you saying I've seen. I'm not saying I've seen specific evidence of him doing you know actually making good of that but i just think he's got everything to i don't think i think we're going to do him a disservice if we look at him and say he's going to play like aj i think he's got more about him on the ball but um he's you can see him he was trying i felt yesterday he was just trying to be a little bit too quick his feet were just trying to get in a little ahead of him when he had possession of the ball he's he was fulfilling the role that he was given uh, but he wasn't really playing his, his natural game. And I think that will come, and I think Holloway knows that. And I think, think certainly when we're playing a team like Spurs, we're going to have to make little concessions in different areas of the pitch. You know, Gale might have to play out of position when we're playing against a team that's going to have a lot more of the ball than us. But when we play, we, you know, you might see against Stoke. I think we might see a much more 
central attacking role for, for someone like Gale. And I, I think he has got the potential to be an absolutely terrific player. Well, as long as it, we don't damage his confidence too much by playing him out of position. Let's not forget <coughs> the, the massive learning curve he's had to take on board. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, he was playing non-league football. And I know he <laughs> scored yep, some yep. blinders. But, you know, he's come to Peterborough's there for, what, a year? Was it? <coughs> Maybe just <coughs> over? And now he's up in the big boys league. And it's going to take him a while to adjust, but I'm sure he'll get used to it. There's definite potential there. You're right, Aaron. But I will I will say also, in my opinion, that, that that's overstated a little bit. Yes, he, he was absolutely right. He was playing at Stansted, and then he was playing at um, Bishop Stortford, I think, and Dagenham yeah. before going to Peterborough. And he's moved a lot of clubs. He's moved a lot of levels quickly. But it's not like... He was never in the game until he was playing at Stansted. He was an Arsenal youth player, released really, being too small. Do you know what I mean? He's been around yeah, yeah. a setup as professional as Arsenal, and, and he's you know he's been around around football his whole life. So I think where you know full time training and is comes into play, and and just you know being around professional footballers, he hadn't had that until he came back into the league for for yeah. quite a while. So I think there's there's a case to be made there, but I think it's being overstated. I don't think it's that big a leap. Um, Nick, um, can you? Can, I've got to ask you who Wilbraham is. That's your brother asking that question. Wilbraham. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Grant. Just, I was can, I just mention, can I just mention Grant? I, I met Grant in Crystals yesterday. I haven't been in Crystals for twenty years. <laughs> Man, has that changed? It um, looks completely uh, different. Yeah, I've um, last time I went in there, I, I hadn't. I haven't been going there before the game, but I really hope that the general atmosphere in there was different to the last time I went in there, which was not that long ago. I think it was player of the year season before last. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I was going to say something, but I would instantly regret it if I said this. I'm, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Quickly. Go on. Yeah, it'll be for the extras at some point. If anyone, if you spot me around the ground, ask me what I was going to say. I'll tell you. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about KG before we get into some more general points and some much more positive points, I think, hopefully. Um, KG, again, I think actually this is going to become a positive. Um, we heard a lot in pre-season about KG's... Um, obviously, he had an injury at the end in that playoff final and I think didn't didn't get back into training too quickly, didn't sort of really uh, maintain his weight discipline, shall we say. Um, and that, Ian Holloway was incredibly unhappy with it, but that was some weeks ago. Um and I have to say, he didn't didn't look too bad to me yesterday. I think, um, weirdly enough, he kind of almost, by the end of the game, he kind of looked like the KG of old, in my view. I think he struggled early on. I think early on, I was thinking, he could be lucky to last till half-time here. And I think maybe that was a bit of, um, I sort of maybe prejudged him a bit um, on based on, on, the, on the fitness problems he's had. But um, right at the end of the game, he's in, in the penalty area and having our, having our best chance of the game. Um, Albert, what? What are your thoughts on KG's overall performance? Yeah, I didn't think it was too bad, actually. Um, you know, I, you sort of forget that he's, you know, he is an international, and he has, you know, he has played against big teams and big players before. So he is, you know, his nation's certainly got faith in him. Um, mm. And I think it, with him, it really does come down to fitness. If he's fit, he, he's got a good touch of the ball, um, and when he's fit, he's a bit sharper and he lays it off a bit quicker. And when he's not fit, he's, a, you know, he's a bit sort of, shall we say. Uh, bit spongy and um <laughs> he, often, he often gets it nicked off him um yeah i certainly had no complaints with his performance yesterday wasn't man of the match but wasn't the worst player out there either um hopefully he can maintain it and carry on um i'm not sure how how uh, effective he would be if he didn't have yedinak next to him mm. um but yeah only time will tell i think he's gonna have to fight to earn his place once campana's fit 
Um, okay, that's, I think that's how, many, how many players do we do we all think genuinely are Premiership quality? Started yesterday, genuinely. Um, really, it's a, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, before we answer, if you've got any opinions on that yourselves at home, um, you can tweet us. It's at HOL Radio. You can uh, send a message on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. You can email, it's uh, radio at homesdale.net, or you can visit the uh, guys in the chat room, um, holradio.net forward slash chat. Really annoys me saying HOL Radio, but apparently I have to. Um, <clears throat> Well, the players that are Premiership quality, I mean, it leads us quite neatly on to talking about Jednak, um, an absolute colossus yesterday. Uh, and I, I just thought, I, I used that, I used words like colossus and imperious and all that, all last season, and it's just carried shit on where we left off. <laughs> shit hot is all <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, It's really, really worrying that obviously you can see there's a, we want him on a new contract and he's not signing a new contract and you can't really blame him at this stage having not agreed one to be thinking well I may as well just hang on till January or the end of the season see what's on offer and I think he's just too important to us at the moment I mean there was Spurs did nothing through the centre did they really with him no. patrolling it it was he is he is absolute Premiership quality we'll come back to him other t- other guys on the team that are Premiership quality Spironi uh, all day yep. Um, one world class save yesterday. Yeah, absolutely terrific yeah, save. Yeah. Gunnarsson. That shot, I mean, the way Gunnarsson can hit a ball, but he's got right under it and dipped it. And, you know, there was never any doubt. It was, ne- it was near enough to Speroni and he was never going to let that in. So, um, but I think he's definitely premiership quality. Um, it's nice to see him get that, that second chance. Um, and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Joel Ward, I think there's Definitely. no doubt about him. What I mean, what a fantastic right back he is, and it's one that uh, I mean, Dougie talked about him before we signed him, and said that he'd been pursuing him for some time, and that he believes that he would end up a better right back than Nathaniel Klein, um, and I can very much see where that comes from. I think he's mm. absolutely terrific. Um, it's I tell you what, we'll talk about the defence as a whole as a Premiership unit. Joel Ward stands out for me. Uh, I think Dean Moxie. He played brilliantly yesterday. He, he he had a yeah he had an absolutely terrific game. Unfortunately, I think he was over. He had a hard, really really hard job on that side with Aaron Lennon and, um, and yeah. uh, Kai Walker. Now those two on uh, will give anyone isolated trouble. He, you know, Moxie didn't really have the protection around him of a an orthodox winger on that side, and um, that will be one of the hardest <laughs> afternoons that Dean Moxie has. It will, and, yeah. and unfortunately, and Dobby. 
Dobby was no use to him. Dobby was the man who should have been supporting him in a defensive role there, and Dobby was nowhere to be seen at times. I thought he had a quiet game, so considering he, that Moxie was pretty much on his own, I thought he did did well. Yeah, and listen, uh, Dob, Dobby's a, a whole other subject I want to talk about in a moment, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to him. But, um, fair, well, let's talk about him now. I, I, I think in terms of ability on the ball, you could argue he's, 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 he's premiership quality. Um, it's his work off the ball that's always a concern. And when you're in um, when you're in a position where you might not have the possession a bit that much, which is going to be the case for um, going to be the case for a lot of this season, I, I, I worry if he's going to be anywhere effective. Pre-season, he's looked our best player by some considerable distance. He's looked dangerous. He's linked brilliantly with uh, the likes of Williams, Campania, um, even with, with Wilbraham. When Wilbraham's played up top, he's linked well with Gale. He's just played fantastic passes and hit shots from distance. And yesterday, the game passed him by, unfortunately. And there's there's one or two more like that. I, th- I think, um, Albert, you wanted to make a point about Owen Garvin. Yeah, I've, I've been on the fence about with, with him for a while. And I think, yes, I mean, harsh but first game, but he's just too slow for the Premier League. Um, mm. other, you know, it, it takes him two and a half strides to get anywhere near his limited top speed. And by you know, by the time he's got the ball under control in, in this league, somebody's up his ass and he's lost it before he yeah. can even get his chin up. Yeah, it's, um, it's the thing is a lot of people talked about the fact he'd have more time in the Premier League, and that's just not the case anymore. I don't think I mean, we've been we've been out of the Premier League for eight years, and I think it's quickened up since since we were last in it. I haven't watched a huge amount of it since we've been out of it, to be honest. But um, I don't know. I think I can I can't help but agree, and I'm a big fan of Owen Garvin as a footballer. I think he's a terrific player with the ball at his feet. Um, I think again he he struggled yesterday. And you saw him come off the pitch and he's a little unhappy to come off. I don't know if he's unhappy with his performance or just unhappy not to finish the game. But um, and again, I, I see he's got a problem with his knees that Holloway has talked about, and I don't know if that's that's having an effect. So there's all sorts of little doubts, and you just think I can't I can't help but think that once Jose Campana's fit, um, that, that Owen Garvin's going to have a you know a real struggle on his hands to, to stay in that team. Would uh, he come in at the expense of Garvin or KG? Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. honest, I haven't seen Campana play. Who would well, he I, I, to shove out? I would have thought that, um, that KG's place might be under threat by <laughs> by uh, likes of O'Keefe, maybe. But um, I, I, I don't know. I would, I, well, yeah, yeah. See, listen, I, I would probably have take, take Garvin out of that midfield and, and play companion there and possibly even push KG forward or take KG out completely. I don't know. I, I just think that, for me, the type of player that that Garvin is, the job he's doing is is effectively the playmaker job, getting his foot on the ball and, and spreading play about, you know, keeping possession, ticking over when necessary, playing incisive passes when necessary and sitting a bit deep. And I think that that's the role that Campania's got. Um, I think KG's more of a box-to-box or that type of midfielder. Um, and hopefully if he keeps working on his fitness, then, um, yeah, so then... then, then he, he can still play a part. It's a again. We're, we're moaning. We're turning into Spurs fans. It, it was a it was a terrific performance. It really was. Second half especially, we did really really well. We're, we're you know obviously we're picking up on the things that we didn't do right. But I mean, Garvin obviously contributed while he was on. But the game turned. The game turned on that triple substitution. Let's let's get onto that now. We want to you know let's let's not dwell any any further. Uh, obviously, Chimak came on. Um, Officially replaced Owen Garvin, but basically took uh, Wilbraham's role up top. Uh, Johnny Williams came on for Dobby and was massively more effective. And Aaron Wilbraham, uh, no, Aaron Wilbraham. <laughs> oh, my brain hurts. Aaron, yeah, Kevin Phillips uh, came on, re- effectively replacing him, but uh, again playing more um, 
much more the, the Dobby role and out on the left. It was it was a, an interesting thing, and it's it's I've talked about it pre-season anyway. It's been really tr- troubling to try and follow the movement of our front players and who's played exactly where because it's, it's, they seem to move around and swap positions all the time. But I mean, let's. I mean, sorry, Nick. I've just noticed you've got a great Spurs fan impression. So before I move on, if you really must, I haven't. Albert has. Oh, oh, I misread that. Albert. Ready? Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh-huh. Um, I got you now. It's the silence. That was that was the joke, that was wasn't it? it? I've, I've, under, I've understood that. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were. Um, I've been. T- I was, I'm sure we had. Um, obviously, we had this, the Spurs fan on last week. He was talking about their you know, their support, looking to talking. follow. He was, yeah, he was loud. Wasn't he? <laughs> that, it, it was, he seemed, he seemed a good lad. I like to give Spurs fans stick all the time, but um, but it, I, I liked them. I thought he was good. I think he was honest, and I think once I think he would have thoroughly enjoyed seeing the um, the HF display there because he was a big fan of their work, and he's um, he's got his work cut out if he's going to try and emulate that kind of impact because he didn't hear it much from them at all. That, that, they seem to like the occasional song that was a pun. Like Kabul, Kabul, Kabul is on fire. That they sang that for a while. If they could make a pun for a song, they'd sing it twice and then stop. Very disappointing. I became distracted there. I was talking about the triple substitution. Changed the game, didn't it? Tell me all about it, Aaron. I think the triple <laughs> substitution was <laughs> was uh, kind of an inspired move. I think that is a, a real showing of our intent to go get the game because obviously we were one nil down. I was impressed when actually Holloway made the change because we saw back in the championship last season he left them quite late on most occasions and we thought well come on what are you, what are you doing is this too late but he made it it was around 60 minutes i believe it was there and about 66 minutes Six, very precise there nick well done it was. <laughs> um but i think that johnny esther came on he changed the dynamic of the game i think he had an influence where he works hard on the ball and off the ball whereas uh, who he replaced doesn't who did he replace apologies uh, who did who replace <laughs> Who did Williams replace? Uh, effectively, Dobby. But Dobby, you know, yeah. The yeah. point there where Dobby doesn't work hard enough off the ball for my liking, but Johnny Esther came on and he really terrorised the middle half of the park. He gave him something else to think about. You know, he was darting all over the place. We had Phillips come on. He looked sharp, I must say, despite getting on a bit. <laughs> he, he did look sharp. And, of course, he had a few efforts at goal. There was mm. one moment where I felt he could have slipped the ball into Gale but decided to have a shot and pulled it. But apart from that, I haven't got much to complain about there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I'm forgetting our substitutions. What is going on? It, it came up Shemak. on the screen, on my TV screen. Shamak, yeah. thank you. <laughs> but um, Shamak, for me, I was slightly disappointed. I know he didn't really? get any preseason games. Yeah, I must say, he didn't seem... He was almost in his Arsenal mentality. He's trying to play on these clever little flick balls, expecting a player to be there. There was one occasion oh, with... <laughs> yeah, no, you're talking cobblers, mate. If right, Shemak okay, guys, was in any guys. way... Go on, go on. Go on, go on. I was going to say... Wait, Shemak was wrong. He, he, he was a class above every player. Of, of, of the, the subs that came on were all a class above every player that had been on the pitch for Palace previously in the game. Um, Shemak, he just... Yeah, other than Jaden Ack, I can see that. Um, but Shemak, apart from giving the ball away twice... Um, he just looked a class above. He looked like a Premiership player. Look, um, he looked like a Premiership player. And, and we'll get two or three more players in. We'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there, there was a lot that went on. I mean, yeah, 
Aaron, you've you know, made some excellent points there. You, hopefully, you wanted to finish off to, uh, that little, last little bit there after you got interrupted, or not, maybe. <laughs> that completely stomped in it. If that's the majority of opinions, then that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, listen, we, we, we're all, as I said before, we're, we're all at the game. We, we could quite easily see it different to yourself. You're sitting there watching it on the TV, you can get a totally different impression. In fact, you can get totally different impressions of the person's, you know, sitting next to you, to well, be quite honest. It's, I wouldn't, I, it's just I wasn't, how it works implies it wasn't the quality what i saw was good but occasionally i felt he was still playing as if he was an arsenal player there were a few occasions where he was looking for a, a clever little flick on which i agree with we need to be doing more of but it was now and they're reading his play i think it was more of a case of because he's that step above some of our players can't quite get on his wavelength if you see what, I'm, if you get what I'm saying well no yeah, obviously yeah, not. Yeah. Look, but, you know, that'll, that'll, just, uh, that'll come with that time come. Um, yeah that'll come yeah um, I yeah, I can't help but obviously agree mainly it's, with It's almost like the season has started three weeks too early for us, isn't it? And yeah, I, I, suppose, I suppose it's the same for everybody. I know Spurs were kind of not settled with all their new signings, so you know, yeah, perhaps but, yesterday was but, the best time to play them. But Spurs knew what division that they were playing in from the moment they finished their, their last game last season. Um, and they all got on well with Clattenburg. I know it's one give give Clattenburg yeah, yeah, yeah. five during the game, seriously. Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. And... and I mean, how many times did um, the Spurs players do that little trick of dropping their shoulder into a player running next to them and fall over? It's, I mean, you see it. You're going to get that. We're going to get that all season. All we can do is exactly what we did. We get vocally against the referee, behind our players, make it intimidating as much as possible. I hated it last season when Cardiff did it to us, but we're so going to need up it. stand up in the home going to need it. Um, mm. So lo- loads and loads of tweets coming in. I just want to pick up on a few. Um... I'm actually using my phone to do it, which is why I'm trying to play for time. But now I've introduced that fact, <laughs> you won't mind quite so much. Um, uh, Media Easier on Twitter was saying Johnny Esther needs to start. I think that's a, that's a very fair comment. Um, JCPFC1969 was um, agreeing with myself and saying he was noticed how much faster it was to last year in the Premiership um, when we were talking about Garvin struggling. Uh, other than that, there's a lot of positive predictions for the result of Stoke. Um, that's your brother slagging you off previously, Nick. We covered that one. Um, and um, uh, A plus London calling was saying that uh, Wilbraham tries, but in his opinion, he's not good enough for this level. Uh, plenty more where that came from, but those are the ones I picked out for now. Um, I want to talk very, very quickly. I've just noticed uh, one coming from Palace Fifteen Eagle. This is uh, they're good subs. Chermak looked quality, and Ben Nagel said Chermak was good. Aaron is wrong <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm always wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah, when they make your opinions your opinion, that's fine. You, <laughs> yeah. Everyone hates you and disagrees with you. You're just, you're just fulfilling your role. That's fine. Um, now, look, we've um, we've covered a lot, quite a lot of ground there, but there's still plenty more to go. Um, just notice we've really got to preview the Stoke game, so there's maybe two more minutes and we'll wrap this up. Um, the defence, that's the last little, little bit we'll, we'll talk about. Um, the defence was the concern for a lot of us. I talked about it loads. The fact that we hadn't changed it. Um, I've already mentioned that I felt the performance of the defence was an incredible positive and the ward is premiership quality and that um, they Moxley had a cracking game apart from obviously unfortunately giving away that penalty. Not that he could do a tremendous amount about it. I also want to mention that I think Jednak did foul. I think it was Dembele in the box yeah. a couple of moments before that. I think they probably should have had a penalty then. Um, so it wasn't too upset with the handball. Decision kind of felt it would come in, but um, I think the centre backs. I want to get 
very quick opinions from you guys on the centre-back partnership of Delaney and Gabadon. It was mentioned by many people they were concerned about how that might be exposed in the Premier League, one of the last season's most attacking uh, sides, Tottenham, come to visit. How do they do? Start with you, Aaron. Uh, I felt they uh, they cope very well with a pairing of uh, Delaney and Gabadon. I think Gabadon is uh, is good class. There's only a couple of slips up, but he's played at the Premier League level, and he definitely knows what he's doing, and he's fantastic. And I think him and Delaney have a good understanding with each other. And, of course, Delaney's got the heart and the passion. He'll get in front of anything. So I think mm. they coped very well. Any concerns, Albert? Uh, I'm less concerned. I'm going to disagree with Aaron again, believe it or not. I'm got less <laughs> concerns over Delaney than I have Gabadon. In all honesty, I think Gabadon can sometimes get a bit too relaxed. Um, and you know, Delaney, you know, ability-wise, you know, regardless of, he's always switched on and he's he's very alert. And he also, when he can, he does try and play a pass. I'll give him that. Mm. Um, um, do you think he may be a little bit about the free header he had, where he just headed it straight to a Tottenham player, that sort of thing, where he's a bit casual? Yes, yes, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah things like that. Uh, last word on the centre-back pairing, Nick. I thought they did very well. Tottenham didn't score in open play. Um, they And Tottenham did result at the end to long balls over the top for um, old Speedy Gonzalez, who we've been linked with seven times. Um, <laughs> Defoe. So, um, Defoe, that'll be the one. Yes, thank you for my... Um, you're doing a lot for me today, Chris. I, am I know, very mate, I know. No worries. You, you've carried me through this show. I, I, <laughs> I'm grateful. Um, it, it all sounds bad, and I, I just want to come on to uh, something that Cooking Funt has sent in the uh, chat room. Um, I'm not. I'm not discouraged by by the performance. He says no, he seems to think that everybody's. He's he's the only one that's encouraged by performance. He says it's mm. going to take a little while for the new faces to gel. If we carry on like that, I don't think we're going to be anyone's pushover. And I agree. And it is. You know, we lost our first game to Watford last year and it was bookended at the other end of the season with a victory against Watford, which sent us up, you know. So, you know, if, if for some reason the away game gets postponed and we play them on the last game of the season, we're in the Europa League, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. I, I was very encouraged. Certainly not disheartened by anything I saw yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I suppose it's in a way, it, it, when, you, when you're analysing something, it's hard not to, to focus on the things that are kind of most apparent. And, and in a lot of ways, when you've lost a football match the most apparent things are the, are the reasons you lost that match. And you maybe we've, we've well, we, I certainly feel we've focused on the negative way too much. But but there were, you're absolutely right. And it's hard to talk, again, about specific positive moments. Um, but as an overall team display, as, a, as the, the tactics from Holloway were very, very good, um, the, the team played them pretty well. The team looked upbeat. The crowd were upbeat. Um, we gave a, gave a fantastic account of ourselves. So a lot, a lot of people went into that game saying, oh, we, we, you know, we're going to get tonked here. They're a great side. You know, we've, we only scraped in through the playoffs. And, and we didn't, didn't we? We, we, we absolutely matched them. If, if that game had ended 1-1, I don't think we, we deserve to win it, but if it had ended 1-1, no one would have said a word. Albert? I think first half we were trying, and I think second half we were actually competing. You know, there was a, a vast yeah. difference in the second half. Um, do you think maybe... Uh, yeah, last word, again. Think, do you think maybe... That's why Ian Holloway ended the game disappointed himself. We all ended it positive, applauded the guys off the pitch. Ian Holloway, angry about the decisions that went against us, and more importantly, a little frustrated not to get anything out of the game. Do you think it's basically the fact that it took until that second half um, and for the for the team maybe to believe in themselves? Yeah, he's got to, you know, if he, if, if he wants teams to go out and attack and it's not happening, he's going to be frustrated, whatever the result, you know. He's, yeah. he's, he has his way, and... The team have got to start believing and you know trusting him, and you know he, he'll bear it on his shoulders. If if we lose three two or four three, 
Now he'll be the, he'll be the one to take responsibility. They just got to go for it a bit more. All right. Well, I think we'll end that there. Um, okay. Obviously, overall very positive result. Um, we're now going to uh, talk to a Stoke fan. His, his name's Mike. He's um, going to uni- goes to university with our presenter Ben. Um, Heard he's yeah studying sports journalism. We're going to ask him a little bit about um, about Stoke and about what to expect from them. Hopefully there'll be a ringing sound at some point soon. There it is. It's a ringing sound. Something's going right. Hey. Um, hello. Hello, Mike. Yeah. Hi. It's uh, Chris Hamlin on Homestay Radio. You're you're live now. We haven't prepared you in any way, have we? But you're live uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Don't forget those things. Um, hopefully, you're uh, going to give us a little bit of insight on the um, on the on the game next weekend uh, as as the Palace boys travel up to Stoke. Uh, obviously, first of all, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated. Um, that's all right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we're um, obviously we played you last season in the cup. Uh, got a bit of a lesson after mocking Jonathan Walters a little bit, and uh, then he showed us what a good player he was. Uh, slightly embarrassing, but um, I mean, first of all, what what do you make of the the Mark Hughes era? Um, well, I personally was one of the the fans who was quite disappointed when Pulis was sacked. Um, but I mean, I think it's a positive step for the club trying to adapt and evolve. Um, it'll just be interesting seeing how it works. I mean, Alice, probably it's a good time to play us. We're in a transitional period and the players are still adapting to the Hughes way of playing football. But against Liverpool, there was, there were certainly promising signs and we could have come away from there with a point. So it'll be interesting to see how they play at home, certainly. Is it, um, but it's perhaps maybe a little bit uh, lazy to sort of categorise the sort of Pulis era as sort of long ball, if you like. It was we were certainly playing to physical strength. I think that's fair to say. Uh, what are the, the, the sort of key differences you've noticed so far? Well, certainly there was a lot more long ball under Pulis. I'm not going to shy away from that or anything, and it was much more physical. Um, but one of the one of the main factors has been kind of getting the ball down and passing it, especially from defence to midfield and getting the central midfield players involved. There's a lot less wide play. I saw some stats from the weekend game and the number of touches the wide men was having was a lot less than the central midfield players. And that, I think, would be a key battle at the weekend, getting in amongst those midfield midfield players. If the Palace central midfielders can get in around and Zonzi and Whelan and shake them up a bit, then certainly you have a chance of unsettling them. But that's been mm-hmm. the key difference, I think. The midfield, central midfield players have been much more involved for us in pre-season okay. and in the Liverpool games. Uh, but like you, you're saying, you, you feel maybe it's a, a good time to play. Um, do you think maybe that, um, well, do you have any concerns that maybe that transition will take a little bit too long and you maybe you'll end up having a little bit too much ground to make up at the end of the season? Well, yeah, certainly that is a worry. I mean, like I say, there was promising signs of the Liverpool game, but I think if they'd taken the chances they had, or if Begovic hadn't played so well, we could have been hit for three or four at the end of the day. And I mean, yeah, it could be it could be a long a long road for Hughes getting the players to change. And I think we need certainly one, probably two more quality signings up front and in the centre of midfield. But yeah, it could you... be it could be a struggle. Uh, I've not paid a huge amount of attention uh, to, to your signings, I'll be honest, your transfer dealings. Who have you brought in? 
Um, well, so far it's been really two defenders. Mark Muniesa from Barcelona, youngster. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, will be used more as a squad player. He's supposedly quite yeah. versatile. Um, but the main signing was Dutch left-back Eric Peters. Um, oh, yeah. he's, he had a solid start against Liverpool, and he's uh, a Dutch international. He's played quite regularly for them. So that was a positive move. But I think ahead, we're certainly looking striker. We've been linked with a vast number of strikers that haven't, mm. haven't secured any yet. But a striker in a centre midfield, I think, will be the key looking forward. But so far, just the two defenders. Okay, and um, in terms of the sort of the lineup you're expecting, have you got any sort of key injuries or anything like that? Anything that you can maybe <laughs> reveal? <laughs> well, um, the only injury that I'm aware of is Wilson Palacios, who was supposed to start against Liverpool and pulled out late. He mm. is now said to be out for a few weeks. Other than that, I'm a, as far as I'm aware, it's a reasonably fit squad. I'd expect. I'd expect a similar lineup to against Liverpool, although in that game our midfield was slightly more conservative. I'd expect to see Charlie Adams start from the beginning, and he could be a key player for us because a lot of the play was going through him. And if yeah. if Palace can shut him down, then that'll be a key battle there. Yeah, obviously um, he's a player Holloway knows well, and there was all sorts of rumours linking us with him um, as well. Um, don't know whether there was any kind of rumour of him leaving, but that's certainly something that's not materialised and I couldn't see it happening now. Is it that important to your team? Um, so, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you're a student with Ben, so that must be hard in itself. And um, <laughs> oh, yeah. has he, has he um, forced you to, to sort of pay too much attention to Palace? And do you know much about what to expect from ourselves? Well, there's a, there's a few Palace fans on our course, so I have possibly subconsciously been led to give them a bit of support over the past <laughs> year or so. But, um, I mean, all all I've been aware of is that kind of, you play reasonably decent football, it's it's good to watch. Certainly, I'm a big fan of Holloway as a manager, yeah. and I think he'll he'll serve you well. He did, he did. He did well when he was in the Premier League with Blackpool, and if, if you can... If you can play good football and stay up, that'd be a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, early early signs are we're, we're certainly a bit more defensive than than Holloway's Blackpool. So um, I think it'd be a very very interesting game. I think I think we may have lost. I know you still there, Mike. No, oh, you're there. For, yeah, for yeah, a second sorry. there, you, for a second there, you cut out. That's all right. It's just me getting confused. Huh. If I was in any way professional, I would have just carried on talking, but I I, I didn't. I failed. Um, <clears throat> What I was trying to trying to say was, um, uh, obviously, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Jednak's going to be key. I think he um, impressed Pulis while he was still your manager, and mate, there was some uh, effort to sign him in the January transfer window last year, I think, and that that didn't materialise, fortunately for us. But um, I think he's going to be key to any any sort of result that we get. Uh, have you got a prediction for us for the game? Um, well, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it'll be a very tight game. I think it'll be quite intense, but. Certainly, if you guys are defensively strong, I watched highlights of the Tottenham game and I was impressed with how you held out against them. So if you play like that, I think you'll do well. I think it'll be certainly at most one goal in it. I'm I'm expecting maybe, if I'm optimistic, a 1-0 win to Stoke, but I, I suspect you could come away with a one all draw. 
Mm, okay, that's. I think that's a that's a fair prediction. Um, the one the one nil I think is probably interesting on account of us uh, make, well struggling to have meaningful efforts on goal. I think that's probably a good shout yeah. on your end. Obviously, we'll be more optimistic than that. But um, no, that's that's absolutely fair. Listen, Mike, that's that's brilliant. That's um, nice little insight for us there. Really appreciate your time. All right, thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, bye. bye. All the best. All the best. Yes. Okay, that's um, yeah, fantastic there from Mike. Really appreciate his time. That that little bit of an insight on what to expect from that Stoke game. It's a guys transitional period for them. We've seen a few clubs um, not necessarily struggle with that, but um, we see a lot. Well, the, the teams at the top of the division have all got this transitional period. But um, someone like Stoke, I suppose, is probably more relevant to our situation. Is this, is this a game we should be taking, Albert? Uh, we should. Well, we should certainly. Expect is a sorry, expect is a dangerous word. We should we can hope for a point at least. Um, you, the, you know, these you are the, the sort you of look games. games we've got early on. Sunderland, Stoke, they're the they're the they're the teams that we need to be nicking. Even if it's a point away from home, you know we need to take things like that. Okay, I'm going to go through a couple of the, well, a few of the predictions that I can uh, that I can find. Uh, ben Nagel has gone for one one. Um, ben Long has gone two nil Palace. Galen Chimak with the goals. Uh, Boyce, Boyce Drew, has gone for 2-1 to Palace. Uh, Anthony Charles has gone for 2-0 Palace. Bob White, he's, uh, he's actually going, he says, for a change. That's a good word on Bob. Uh, and predicts predicts 2-1. Uh, Connor Leggett, who's also known as I Love Palace, is uh, gone for 1-0 Palace. Chamat with the winner. Uh, James, who's gone, for, uh, who's also known as Red Hot Jilf, which is still one of my favourite Twitter names, uh, has gone for Palace 7, Stoke 6, and Match of the Day still won't bother to cover it. And the notorious ROG, Roger Simmons, has gone for, he'll take 1-1. One, one. Um, got a few other little bits and pieces I do want to pick up on. Uh, there's, in fact, there's one email we'll, we'll, from Stephen Barton that we'll have a little chat through uh, in a moment. It, it takes us back to the um, to the Tottenham game as well. But we won't keep you for too much longer. Um, there are some forward reviews of that Tottenham game, which we're going to go for now. Uh, Ollie Lloyd has gone with his forward review is quicker on the ball. TJ61 CBFC has gone for room for cautious optimism. Let's pick a couple more out. Paul Kensley has gone for Premier League's best supporters, which I like a great deal. And uh, Heen, Heenry has gone did better than Arsenal, which is absolutely great. <laughs> um, there's loads of other great ones there, um, but I'm, I'm not going to dwell on the ball. Uh, but the last little bit is a general email that's come in from just just waiting for um <laughs> uh, albert did you want to want to read out the forward review that you've got there? yeah forward review from my spurs mate it's <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 good that's a joke that's not going to get old. Um, anyway, uh, Stephen Barton says, Hi team, wonder if you thought Holloway started with his strongest 11 on Sunday or whether he was being pragmatic in his squad selection with an eye on the more winnable Stoke game. I'm guessing he'd also be discussing these two po- points. Uh, not a foul on Dobby as it didn't look like. Uh, and it did look like a penalty to him, uh, as you've seen it on the replay when he's got home. Hates to, di- hates to disagree with Holloway, but um, it wasn't a great match, great post-match interview on match of the day too. Um uh, I won't read that last bit, but thanks, Stephen. <laughs> um, well, there's a, there's a couple of little bits in there. We've obviously talked about the, what I felt about the penalty, and uh, we, we did mention Holloway's um, this sort of attitude after frustration. the game. Frustration. <laughs> I think part of it is is frustration. Part of it is you've got to think you've got to think long term. When he comes out in the media and he says, "Well, the referee's going to give Spurs the benefit of the doubt," the bigger clubs always get that. 
that's there's a there's a degree of um, there's a degree of truth there. First of all, mm. that it doesn't mean necessarily that it was he definitely feels it wasn't a penalty because I think when he sees it, he'll think probably the same as we do. You can see why it's given, um, but at the same time, it's a shame because Moxie hasn't put his arm there to stop the ball. It just happens that his arm has stopped the ball. You know, and you would hope that it would get the same decision uh, at our I end. I thought of the it pitch. had to be deliberate. I thought that was the rule. Well, in in a thousand mm-hmm. years' time, we've we've had the Hawkeye goal technology. They'll be able mm-hmm. to read people's brainwaves and know whether it was yeah. intentional with their hand. Did they the left his arm there? We'll have to wait till then. There, there is years, a point. We'll be all right. There is a point in where else does he put his arm? You can't. You don't jump with you your can't. arms right against your side and if it hits your arm while it's right against your side you still give it because it's still hit your I don't know Look, at the end of the day it, it was given it's not one I'm going to cry over because I, I, like I said I felt Jednak failed um, Dembele slightly earlier than that and I think he was lucky to get away with that so stuff happens I, again I don't know whether it was a, the foul on Dobby I, I trust that Stephen might well be correct that it was probably a, it, there was a lot of 50-50s that went didn't go our way, shall we say? And I'm sure Holloway was probably thinking about that when he was talking as well. But like, I was trying to make the point, but basically a lot of that will be that you've got to, you've got to set out your stall, haven't you? You've got to say, am I going to just be happy to be here, or am I going to come out at the end of a game that I've lost at home and and just say what I thought was was wrong and and just to show people that I'm frustrated? I dare say that if he come out at the end of that game and said, oh, it was a cracking performance, the lads believed in themselves, we were so unlucky not to win. It was a definite, but he said all that. There'll be people just as, you know, on the other flip side of the coin, if you like, saying, you know, he clearly doesn't care enough. He's just in it for the Premier League ride and all that sort of stuff. I don't think he can possibly win. I think if he just sticks to being himself, you know, honest and himself behind, you know, and it's what he does behind the scenes is the important thing. And I mean, we've talked to players, you know, first team players, and, and they always say the same thing that behind the, he's a positive guy. He's just an inspirational talker. He, those are the things that we need to worry. We're not, it doesn't matter what he says to the media to us, really, in my view. Uh, Nick, very quickly, and then we'll end this. Yeah, he didn't, he, didn't he mention somewhere last week that he wasn't a comedian anymore? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's and trying I, to be serious. I think, I think that is, that's come across ever since he's been Palace manager, to be honest with you. He's not, he's not giving you the sound bites that he used to give. Um, Aaron, very quick. I just want to say one thing. Man of the match yesterday, would you agree it'd probably be Yedinak? Yeah, yeah I, I mentioned that, yeah, by, by some w- distance. Would you like to know what Niall Quinn gave his uh, verdict on man of the match? Oh, do go on. Paulinho, of all people. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw this. Um, I'm okay, outraged. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I, I don't... It's difficult, you know, I mean, I'm never going to pay attention too much to, to how the opposition do and judge them if they're man of the match or not. That's just not how... You, you operate as a supporter, I don't think. I think if I watched it back, I might I might feel he had more of an impact on the game. But ultimately, I can't say I noticed him much. But I yeah, I know what you mean. But like, I thought I thought Jednak was head and shoulders a man man of the match. I uh, screamed at the TV after we had that. <laughs> well, you're like that. Um, but the last, but the, the thing I wanted to pick up on, um, I'm gonna, I, you've had your last say, Aaron um, and Nick. You've talked loads, so I'm gonna go to Albert on this one. Last little bit. Uh, inst- the first part of Stephen's email was that he wondered, did, did Holloway start with his strongest eleven, or was he being pragmatic in his squad selection with an eye on the more winnable Stoke game? Fitness, think? I think. Just new signings, not up to speed. I mm. think uh, we had we the lack of wingers, you know, dictated the way we played. We had to play narrow with the three behind Wilbraham. Um, it was, you know, I think it was dictated to by the players he had available. I don't think there was any 
what there's no eye on next week. It was purely what was available at the time. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's an interesting point to raise, uh, and I think maybe maybe if we had a big squad like some of the other teams have got, well, mind you, it's 25 limited to everyone, but I've obviously got youth in that as well. But we don't really have the sort of um, the sort of team to start resting people to. You know, throw you don't throw a game. You don't throw a pretend. You know, we were very close to getting a point, and I, and I do think it was the strongest available side in the circumstances. Nick, what we did miss was you're talking about wingers. We 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 missed Belasti. I think we missed having somebody on the pitch that when they got the ball, you thought something was going to happen. That's what we had missed. And there were Tottenham had three or four players. You you thought, hey, up, something's going to go on here. We we just didn't have anybody on the pitch. I think, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's an interesting point. Maybe Williams when he came on, but, you know, we'll see if we more people. Yeah, it's work in progress. Yeah, it was was pace for me. I felt felt we would, once we broke, I think one of the, if you're going to play counter-attacking football, when you you break, you've got to have, you've got to have pace on the ball. And when the ball found its way to Gale, again, like I said, he was perhaps trying to be a little bit too quick with it and sort of stumbled a little bit and didn't quite have it under control on a few occasions. But generally speaking, if it was Albert Aaron Wilburn running the channels, the best one in the world, he's, he's not got the pace to, to make too much of it. So I think some, some more pace and sort of directness up front, because I know we're still after another striker, but and and, and things in the wide areas. Like you say, Blassie to come back in when he's fit, but again, unproven at Premier League level, I'm sure he'll have an impact like, like he did last season. But ultimately, I think we'll be we'll be targeting some more some more attackers in those areas as well. But anyway, listen, we've got plenty of time to talk about that throughout the season. We've um, we're going to leave the show now, but I'm going to leave it and say that what we just what we saw yesterday was an incredibly uh, encouraging display. Uh, we've come a long way on and off the pitch in a very very short space of time, and we're only at the very very start of that journey, and we'll continue that journey uh, next Sunday. Cheerio. Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.